Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Murray from Black, Married, and Debt Free. And yes, you have heard correctly. Shira Murray and I have decided to step out into the podcast world to share with you some really, really dope content. For those of you who do not follow us on our YouTube channel, shameless plug, Shira and I are a 30-something millennial couple that paid off over $110,000 in debt in 2017. And we are passionate about sharing exactly how we did that with others. In this episode, we'll be sitting down for part two of our money conversation with financial influencer and YouTuber Deidre from Slay This Debt. We're going to be talking about family, finance, meal prep, and so many other great topics. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to turn this way up, sit back, and enjoy the Black Married and Debt Free podcast. I had a question for you, uh, one that gets posed to us quite often, or every now and again, it'll come up and they'll ask, you know, what should a person do when they want to get better with their money, but, um, you know, they're having a hard time convincing their spouse or having the conversations about that with their spouse. Uh, How would you answer that? How would you handle that? Well, the first thing that I normally tell people, because this comes up a lot, like on my platform too, but first of all, you can't like go into the conversation with negativity, like positive vibes only. Um, And then to set the example, like just start doing what you can do. So if you're a home economist or stay at home mom, you know, start trying to prepare your meals, start trying to cut back and all that kind of stuff. And then actually do the research to understand the numbers, understand where you are so that when you do sit down to have the conversation with them, you have your facts in front of you. Um, So just being prepared. Also setting the mood for the conversation, like you you don't want to have a conversation with your spouse when he's in a bad mood or I keep saying he I mean I guess it could be opposite ways (laughs) but like just knowing when to have the conversation and having the right setting and having your heart in the right place now if you have this conversation with them and they're just not having it (laughs) they just don't you know, they don't want to hear about it or whatever. You can do some other things. You can maybe, you know, ask if y'all can listen to podcasts together. Just start small. Listen to financial podcasts. Let's listen to an audio book together. Let's read a book together. Um, if they're not hearing that, they don't <laughs> They don't want to do that. You might need to have a different conversation about, you know, your wants and needs. Or you might even, I also talk about having just a dream meeting. Like, let's dream together. What is the end goal? Where do you want to be 10 years from now? What do you want to do when you retire? And then once you start to have that dream meeting, okay, now let's work backwards. But slowly, like, you don't want to start saying, like, okay, well, you need to be on a budget. Like, you know, let's ease into this. Now, you said you want to retire at 45 did you know it's possible to retire at 40? This is how we can do this. So that's, those are my little tips. I do tell people that, I do tell people that for some relationships, there are other issues going on and those issues need to be handled before you can move into a conversation about finances. Right. And oftentimes counseling might need, that might be an option, you know? I hate to bring that up, but I mean, it's the reality. That's, that's good. And just speaking to a lot of what you were saying, <clears throat> I think with us, it started with an idea from Shire. Like I always like to say, she kind of put the bug in my ear 
And although I wasn't like super against it, you know, I kind of didn't want to hear it at first, you know, like, oh, okay, well, I know we need to get things together, but she handled it well because she would just like, you know, drop little hints and she wasn't, we didn't press it. And then after a while, you start, you start wanting to do what's best. You know, if, if, if your spouse feels that this is something important, then a light bulb will start to go off in your head and you're like, you know what? Yeah. You know? So I think a lot of that advice really does work. Like, Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a testament to that. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really awesome. Good. It's interesting because I was the one who kind of got my husband on board. He really, I'm, I'm blessed that he really didn't care either way. Like, <laughs> and it's just because of the way he grew up. He was born in Trinidad, raised in Trinidad, and, and had like you know very humble beginnings. But um, after I showed him the numbers, and he just saw how excited I was about it, and like how passionate I was about it then he just got on board. So I was lucky, I was blessed. Um, but yes, for some people it's not not that, that way. So for some people, the husband might be okay with getting on board about um, like getting out of debt, but then when you start talking about like investing or paying off the mortgage, that's when the issues start to come up. So. Yeah, I mean, me and Shire, I mean, we're pretty lockstep, you know, in, in, in most of our finance. Yeah. But we still, you know, have conversations, have to have conversations. Oh, well, I thought we could do it this way. And no, I mean, so it's always a, uh, there's always conversations going on. Yeah. So my brain is always churning. Yeah. So we'll talk about something. We'll be like, look, this is the plan. And then I think I got a better plan. So I'm <laughs> yeah. like, look, I got another idea. Right. But, you know, thankfully, Marcus, he, he, he tolerates me. And <laughs> if it makes sense, then, you know, he's usually on board. And I think that that's interesting <laughs> because, you know, when you're married, you, you're, you want to be concerned about the things that your spouse is concerned with and, and vice versa, you know? So I don't, it's, it, it has worked yeah. and our communication around finances have improved tremendously. Yeah. And, um, so one of the first things that I did after getting out of debt was I went back to school, <laughs> I went back to school and I, um, I went through a program, um, a, a coaching program. So I completed a certification through UC Davis, which is a prominent university here in California. And so we've used some of the skills that um, I've acquired through that program um, to really come together to um, help other couples. And so we've coached couples um, in the area of, of finances. And so that's been something that's been, that's been really special for us to, to be able to help other couples. And so, yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been cool. I was going to ask y'all because I know that y'all have two kids and I was going to ask you about like your college savings plan. Um, I don't know if that's too personal or like, what are your thoughts on like contributing to like their 529s or their college plans when you have like your, your own financial goals that you're trying to reach and things like that? Or like, what is your plan for that? Yeah. So it's a line item kind of in our, our spending plan. So they, they have monies that are set aside for them, you know, every month. Not an astronomical amount, but it's going <laughs> to <Yeah>. help. <laughs> it's going to grow and it's going to help. So that is something that's important to us and um, that we're doing. I, I've heard some conflicting things, well, especially those who are like closer to retirement yeah. or a little older. And they're like, well, should I put away for my kid or if they're behind, yeah, if, if they're behind, you know, in, in their, their savings, should I put away for my kid or should I just really focus on my, luckily, like we're still fairly young. So we said, let's, we definitely want to start contributing to 529 and, you know. 
right and and that's important because when i went to college i didn't have anything saved for me and anything would have helped i mean a book or something like (laughs) let me start roman noodles (laughs) no i have i have great parents i do um but you know we want to be able to to help our our children we're not just going to throw them out to the wolves you know that's not what we that's not what we're planning on doing and you know so do you have any particular thoughts on that well, we do save. We plan on like we have a different strategy because my husband and I were well. I'm prior service. My husband's active duty, so there'll be like some grants and stuff like that. We do want them to have some skin in the game. Yeah. Um, however, it's kind of working out to where they probably won't have to pay as long as they go to a local college, so <laughs> um, or like a state school. Um, but we are contributing, and some days I feel like we should probably contribute more. And some days I'm like, if we continue to invest the way that we're doing and, you know, get the real estate thing going, then it'll probably cash flow it. So I don't know. I just feel super blessed to be in a situation or a position to where I'm even having this conversation because I don't think my parents and like you, you know, I have amazing parents. I don't think it was even on their radar. (laughs) We always say like growing up, we never talked about money. The only thing I heard about money from my parents was hey, did you transfer X amount of dollars? Yeah, I did. That's it. Like, it was never a, hey, guys, this is how you do money. This is what, you know, how you how to invest. Nothing like that. And, of course, we don't learn it in school, you know. Yeah. We're taking some type of class focused on that. Right. So, yeah, it's great to have the conversation. And, like, I'm I'm sure you do this with your kids, but I would like to hear more. But with us, we we always just, it's an open conversation. Money is, is is a conversation we have in our house. It's not something we try to, you know whisper and you know so hopefully as our kids grow they're still young but as they grow we'll be able to sit down with them and and you know really give them some financial literacy right and they're still young so we have a four-year-old daughter and our son is five but one thing that we're starting to talk to them about now is that money is earned and so we're finding ways for them to start to earn money. So like they have a journal, they can write in their journal and make a picture and they might get, you know, we'll, we will give them, you know, monetary, you know, allowance, very small for them to put into their piggy bank so that they can start to purchase their own things. And so we're hoping to just continue to instill that in them um, at a young age. So with your children, do you guys like sit them down, talk money or how, how, how do you guys handle your, your kids? Yeah, it's interesting because my oldest, she was the spoiled one. So okay. she got all the things when myself and my husband was working. And so for her, it has been a struggle <laughs> um, because she's in middle school now. So she wants all the things and, and she has grandparents that buy her everything. And, you know, so that's a whole nother thing. So, um, I said all that to say, my kids, right now, I'm working more with them being able to manage their money and to really, I don't want to say live frugally, but for example, like they know what a clearance sticker is. They know I can give them a grocery list, like my daughter's a grocery list and go to Aldi, they'll get all the right stuff. Or even if we were to go to like a local grocery store, they'll get all the right stuff. They know how to look for the best prices. So it's really important for me, for my kids to know how to manage their money so that when I leave them an inheritance, they know how to not only manage their money, not squander it, but make it grow so that we can have generational wealth. You know what I'm saying? So 
So that's that. And part of that is, you know, making sure that they get a college degree debt free if that's what they decide to do. That's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother topic. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, as far as allowance and like commissions, as Dave Ramsey calls it, um, we do do some allowance, but it's like you have to do something like over the top because you live in this house too. Right. So you're going to do your chores because that's just part of being, you know, one team, one fight. Um, but if you want to earn money, like, okay, here's what you can do. You can do something over and beyond. And I just, I've tried giving them allowance and I would like find money just on the floor <laughs> in the washing machine. You know, it's like it, it, they didn't work hard enough for it, you know? Right. <laughs> so once they started working for it, I noticed I was seeing less of it. Yeah. And it also affected the way they made their decisions, like their purchase decisions. Like they would save up for something. And then when it came time to purchase that item, like skates or a toy, because they worked so hard for the money, by the time it was time to buy it, they didn't really want it. So mm -hmm. I really, I feel like I'm on to something. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that, Managing money and then learning how to like live frugally and like bargain shop and things like that. That's our big thing in the house right nice. now. Those are great life skills. Yeah. Life skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I had just a couple more questions, Deidre. One, what are your thoughts on paying off debt as opposed to... Um, saving for retirement or do you feel like you should it's okay to do one and not the other you think it's okay to pay off debt hold off retirement or do you recommend individuals do you know have a little skin in the game when it comes to saving for retirement but then also pursue debt like what's your your thoughts on that okay so i feel like my advice is a little different but <laughs> i believe that if your company is offering a match you should definitely get do not leave any money on the table whatever you do don't leave any money on the table i do feel like it depends on the situation because like for example my husband he's grandfathered into that pension plan so we didn't have that pressure to you know continue to save for retirement because once he does 20 years he'll get paid like for the rest of his life so i feel like if you're military then and you're grandfathered into that pension plan then maybe just focus on paying that but if you're not, I do feel like you should have some skin in the game. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I don't know. Like, that's just my opinion. I don't feel like anyone should stop contributing to retirement to get out of debt. I just don't think so. I would rather see them work to increase their income than to just, like, maintain their regular income and not contribute to retirement. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's great advice. And yeah. that's pretty much what... I was going to ask you what y'all thought. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is what we say, um, that... At, at least to contribute, you know, to your match. I think there's some factors that folks have to consider. And one thing that they need to consider is how long is it going to take you to get out of debt? If it's going to yeah, take a year, 
it's gonna take you two years, then maybe. But if it's gonna take you 10 years, 15 years, like you don't you don't want to miss out on the growth that your money um, will experience. And when you put your, your retirement savings on pause for such a long time, when you finally get around to saving for retirement, you have to save much more. Yeah. you know because of all the the time that that you've lost so that's you know kind of like the time cost of money and one thing um that i notice is that some people say well save 15 percent of your check well that that um that advice is really based on a person working for 40 years so if you're saving for 40 years at, at that 15 percent savings rate then you'll have a nice cushion but if you don't plan to work for 40 years, you may need to save more than 15%. So that's why, you know, I certainly recommend people be cautious before they hear one person's advice and put all their marbles, you know, put everything, you know, based on what someone said. And it's so important that that we educate ourselves and that we run the numbers and that we figure out, you know, what's best for us, what's best for our unique situation. So yes so, yeah so we as for us is similar so i work at a job that, that offers a pension so you're in the pension they're going to take what they need for that pension benefit and while we were getting out of debt um marcus he was contributing to his match because we did not want to leave that money on the table you can't go back and get it later so you have to <laughs> yeah you know so i i think that's great and we certainly um agree with what you've said so thank you for that yeah. Yeah, it all depends. I mean, like giving it, giving money advice, it really depends on what the person wants to do. So that's why it's so important for them to identify what their values are and like what they ultimately want out of their life. And then everything should line up with that. And like you said, 15%, I mean, it really depends on how much their income is. And then what if like they're only contributing 15%? but squandering the rest when they could really accelerate their retirement. Like, yeah, right. You're absolutely right, Shara. So Deidre, what would you tell your 20 year old self now that you, you know, have acquired more knowledge and finance or just life in general, what would you go back and tell the 20 year old Deidre? Oh, that is a good one. (laughs) Oh, wow. Definitely invest. Yeah. Stop wasting money on clothes and shoes like all the things to try to look rich or impress people or whatever they're wearing in the videos like that stuff is going to end up at the goodwill so (laughs) invest I think definitely invest and just to slow down because I was pretty I don't want to say wild but like I had no clue when I was 20 like what in the world like when I look back on my early 20s like what was I doing absolutely nothing I was making a lot of money Mm. I was making like $80,000 to me for you know for me to be young making that money I squandered it and so I would definitely tell myself to save (laughs) well I saved but I didn't invest so right Right. what about you Shire I never asked you that what would you tell tell 20 year old Shire (laughs) To, to invest we were engaged at 20 were we yeah. yeah, we were. So why didn't you tip? No, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Marcus? Right. <laughs> uh, some of the same, you know. Yeah. Invest. Like I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm seeing the importance of that. Like, man, if I would have just started, you know, doing some of the things that I do now, if right. I would have started those in my early twenties, you know, I would be, you know, in a much a, further, even better position. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 
but hindsight is 2020 right. you know you, you get the knowledge when you get it and you know better you do better yeah. is that is that true that's true <laughs> yeah, i think so i think so and it's so funny because the the flip question to that is what are you doing today that your older self will thank you for yes I like and that. i think about that often like what am i doing today like i'm taking a nap because i need some rest right. <laughs> you know, like i need some self-care today right. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a question about black wealth. I think that that is something that we should definitely talk about. Like I'm black. My husband is Trinidadian. He's like of Indian descent, but he doesn't count. Um, he's black too. <laughs> um, but just I love the way that like your name is black married and debt-free and I was just wondering like what is your message for the black community like what would you like to see happen as far as like with the wealth and finance in the black community yeah so I think we were thinking of a name and we struggled with that but I don't know it's just we're black we're like oh we black you can't hide that (laughs) we're married and we're debt-free and for me those were all three very strong positive affirmations Every single and um, you know, Marcus and I, we're we're ordinary folks, and you know, we've been able to accomplish what some folks would consider to be a lot. Um, and if you know, not to sound cliche, but you know, if if we can do you it, can do it. <laughs> you can do. It. You most definitely can do it. You know, I was sitting in a WIC office, you know, a few years ago. So, you know, so we're just hoping to just change change the narrative and to really highlight um, the black family. We need our families to stay together. That's a part of building wealth. It's hard to build it by yourself. You, you need someone, you need a companion, you need a spouse. Um, and we're just, just hoping to just be an, another voice. And we know that there are you know other platforms and, and there's still a lot of work to be done. So we just wanna just put positive knowledge out there and share our story and hopes that it encourages someone. Yeah, and the exciting thing for me, uh, Deidre, is finding people like yourself. Yes. Just since we've been kind of in this space, like we started this organically. Like I literally had no idea that there were other Other people, millennial African-Americans that talk about money. I I, I thought- We thought we were the first. We were the first one. (laughs) Like how dumb is that, right? (laughs) But learning, you know, finding yourself, uh, pennies to wealth, uh, rich and regular, our rich journey, his Isn't and hers. Her money, I mean, yeah. there's so many like really inspiring stories yes. that we just want to we just want to add to that. You know, yes. If we get more people like ourselves, yourself, then we really will change the narrative. You know, and that's that's the goal, and and inspire. You know, inspire those who are like, I'm, I'm, we just got married. You know, oh, you know, look at this couple, or you know, we just want to inspire. I think that's the the thing, and. Shire came up with that name and like she said it they're just positive affirmations you know Absolutely. black married and debt free so but I mean that was like the best thing for us <laughs> I, I actually heard y'all's um, podcast I heard y'all on his and her money's podcast and I was like oh my goodness and then I found y'all on Instagram and I was like follow <laughs> you were on there as well uh, your story yeah, was on there as well I just yeah, feel yeah. like for the black community like if we would see more positive images of, you know, black families doing amazing things aside from like, you know, two chains and all that, like Cardi B and all this kind of stuff. I mean, no hate or anything like that, but 
just to show people that you don't have to do all that to be successful and to, to show what success really looks like and what it really means to be rich and I don't know, just empower and uplift and educate. I feel like we don't have enough financial literacy going on. Right. So, yeah, right. That's, that's good. Hopefully, you know, our kids' generation will grow up seeing this and this will be more normal. Right. You know, like like right. you were saying earlier, you know, our parents' generation, they, they, they were in a, they came up in an era of survival. It wasn't an era of, right. you know, invest in all this. They wanted to make it, you make know, it stay out of debt and make it through, you know, and that's kind of, you know, we're coming out of that. I feel like this generation, our generation is coming out of that. It was like, well, there might be something better than just doing good, you know, let's, let's excel. So right. hopefully our kids, it's just going to be normal to, to, to our, our children's generation. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of funny because I know I see a lot of posts sometimes on Instagram where people are kind of like resentful towards their parents about not teaching them about money. And I'm like, you know, my parents were trying to survive. Like no one taught them. So should they be mad at their parents, my grandparents, for not teaching them? I don't think so. And I just feel like with, you know, technology, the internet, podcast, there's so much wealth and a wealth of knowledge out there. You just have to tap into, you have to go look for it. And so, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting when you were talking about, you know, your parents, our parents, and how things have changed. So I can only imagine how our children are going to grow up. Future looks bright. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. The generation, like generational wealth, it's that's what I'm all about right now. Yeah. Not just for me, not wealth for just me and my kids, but for their kids and their kids. Right. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you for, you know, wanting to sit down with us and talk with us this yeah, is this is cool yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, this yeah. has been so fun we have to do this more often absolutely, absolutely. i mean money nerds uniting talking about i'm so passionate about all this stuff like i love talking about this stuff absolutely. yes so deidre we thank you for your your time thank you for all of the great content and all of the positivity that that you bring to the world and um can you share where people might be able to find you Absolutely. So, and thank you. Thank you so very much for having me. And I just appreciate y'all so much. All of your feed, your posts, your positivity, all the energy, your creativity. I absolutely love it. And it's so motivating and inspirational. So yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Slay This Debt. That's my handle. And also on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Slay This Debt as well. And I just talk about frugal living, getting out of debt, and we're documenting our journey towards financial independence. And so for my viewers, where can they find you? Well, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, you can just type in Black Married and Debt Free. Or you can find us on Instagram uh, at Black Married Debt Free. And uh, we also have a uh, Facebook, Black Mary Debt Free on Facebook as well. So, well, thanks, uh, Deidre. We appreciate it. Thank you for sitting down with us. Yo, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast episode. We hope that we said something that you can take away and apply. We are here to inform and to inspire. So do us a huge favor and rate this particular podcast on whatever platform you're streaming this. Rate this five stars. Write great reviews. Anything that you can do to help us, we really, truly appreciate it. All right. So for Black Married and Debt Free, this is Marcus Murray signing off until next time. All right. I'll let you guys later. Peace.